Hello, it is Thursday, May 20th, 2021. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. Big show today, Ty, yeah, huh? awesome show today. Hey, we really did. Yeah, long interview, too. Robert Mathis was here. He's going to be a future NFL Hall of Famer. He got inducted in the Colts Ring of Honor, I believe. He's going to get inducted formally here in November. I think it was announced last year, though. Mm-hmm. Teammate of mine, stud. Talks about everything. Uh, A.J. Hawk, Ian Rappaport. I think we get into some good shit, some good stories, clear up some things. I yeah. mean, today's a good one. I appreciate you all so much for choosing to listen to the show. If you like it by the end of it, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never, ever happened. Let's get to a tie. We have a legend in the studio. Uh, that's right. Joining us inside the studio today is a man who's going into the Colts Ring of Honor here this upcoming season, November 28th. I believe the game where the Colts are hosting Tom Brady, and he's an inevitable NFL Hall of Famer as well. Ladies and gentlemen, Robert Matthews. Yeah! Strip Sack King. I think I could call you Strip Sack King. Uh, I believe you're, folks are calling you Sandman too there for a bit, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, the microphone. we got to move it. That's on us. I mean, we bad, did, yeah, bad, that's 100% Connor's fault. <laughs> that's uh, Sandman, though, was a nickname for a bit, too, right? Absolutely. That's uh, courtesy of T and Frog over at the Colts Complex. And that's because? Uh, I used to outdo my off-season training, running in the sand pits uh, during the times as a player in off-season. So, damn. We got this fucking guy. He was a fifth-round pick. He played special <laughs> yeah. teams last year. T and Frog, by the way, that's the type of – they're the equipment managers. Have been around for a long time. Will be around probably for the rest oh, yeah. of the Indianapolis Colts existence beyond. Hilarious human beings here. I would imagine how this whole thing started is they were talking to other people in the building, which is what happens, by the way, which is why – the backbone of a team, really, and they don't get enough credit. Athletic trainers and, and medical staff and equipment managers get nowhere near the amount of credit. And they're, by the way, the people you want to hang out with. This is like a uh, hilarious group of people. I assume they went around to the rest of the building and were like, hey, that fucking uh, guy that you guys got, where? Alabama A&M? Where, where, Alabama? <laughs> He's fucking in a sand pit now. <laughs> yeah, we got a Sandman. They probably came out fucking with you, by the way. They're probably like, Sandman, here we yeah. go. And then it probably just like, they're like, oh, no, this guy is the guy. Connor, Ty, the uh, the boys in the back, we appreciate you. Uh, Robert, I was very lucky to be a teammate of yours and watching mm-hmm. you work and the way you went about your business and the way people respected you is what I like really enjoyed. But you were the first person I saw in the Colts building, and I have an entire stand-up about this, and it's real, that I realized, like, oh, this is a different league. You know, like, oh, this is, he was jumping rope and you had like old school headphones on, like old school headphones, like a cassette maybe he had at this time. He was jumping rope he was, and he just, he, it may, might have went and they were talking about a lot of things. This is one year tour, you're a rookie, you get a tour around the building. It would have happened last weekend for all the rookies that got drafted and everything like that. And I just looked and I watched, it was like, it seemed like five minutes straight. Like, it wasn't obviously, but it seemed like he was just going, not even skipping. Like, there was not even a skip. He was pissed off at whatever he was either staring at or looking at. And I was like, oh my God. Obviously, he had brands on him as well. He was a Q. And they were, these were the thickest I'd ever seen. And there's like, the, the conversation is like, okay, the thicker the brand, obviously, that means the longer it was sitting on there. Like, that's just my natural thing. So I was like, looking at him, like, this guy, I'm happy he's my fucking teammate. Who? You know, what is that? And they're like, oh, that's Robert Mathis. I'm like, Robert Mathis is my fucking guy. I, we just kind of walked through. I was very quiet. I don't think people know this. I was very quiet, wasn't I? Like, uh, yeah, I was very quiet early. I'll say the first day. 
Okay. After that, it was off and running. I did get comfortable, you know, yeah. and I did get okayed by certain people on the team, which is very nice of them. I think that kind of helped me out in other places. Mm-hmm. You were one of them. So I appreciate the hell out of you for doing that for oh, me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but whenever you think about the NFL, because right now, Robert, and I don't know how long we get a chance to chat with you, so I do just want to kind of get right into it because I think you have a wealth of knowledge, especially with the Gridiron Gang, uh, mm-hmm. which is you are doing with these camps and helping out kids and everything. We'll get to that for sure. Right, but right. when you're talking about NFL football, and you played, you know, HBCU uh, back in the day, Alabama and and Bulldogs. Hey, let's go. Hey, let's go. Uh, the Black College National Champs, by the way. Yes. I didn't know oh, yes. that. I didn't know. Wait. Yeah. Right now? Yeah. Right now. Put some respect on it. Okay, listen. I, hey, listen. I will. Let's go. Can, yeah. The Black College National, National Champions. 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 Yeah. The Alabama A&M. Bulldog. Bulldog. Yeah. The, the Hill. The Hill. Yeah. Okay, so when you're playing there, even though the Alabama A&M Bulldogs, the Hill, are, are national champions. I assume right. who you're playing against, though, are not then, right? Yeah. And whenever they talk about making the jump like from college to the NFL, we're seeing that right now. We're going to see that with a lot of guys. Quiddy Pay, by the way, he's right. the Michigan guy who just – how difficult was it to make the jump? Or if you have it, you have it early, you think. Like, it, it, how hard is it to go from playing against college kids to grown-ass men, especially at, like, outside linebacker, defensive end, pass rush positions like that? Well, the biggest difference is the speed of the game. Uh, you have a lot of guys. Well, if it's uh, just a Division One, Double A, Division Two, you know, I'm, I'm kind of dating myself. It's just after the first wave of starters, the, the kind of the talent kind of drops off. So you have Alabama's; they they're deep across the board. So once you come into the league, is how fast can you adjust? Because uh, they're going to make their adjustments by the next series. And so what what do you, what are you uh-huh. doing? to become a player that that, that sticks. So it's the know? mental thing. It's oh, the yeah. mental thing. Because oh, they're yeah. making adjustments. If you beat them early, it's oh, like, yeah. okay, congratulations, you got me. I'm going to the sideline, and this is something where I'm either going to rely on the 25-plus years of me playing football to fix this, or we're going to watch film. And then you have to have that next play then too, right? And Absolutely. that's why it's difficult sometimes for people to make the jump, because it's like you have the ability, but you don't have the experience. Is that only experience gained, you think? Or how do you learn that type of shit? Oh, Experience is the best teacher, so you're going to fail a whole lot more than you succeed. Uh, in this game, it's, it's, it's chess. I always say it's chess, not checkers, because in checkers you can move maybe one, maybe two three moves ahead. Chess, you got you to gotta think four or five moves ahead. So if I beat – it was always myself and Ryan Ding. You know, shout out to Ryan Ding. That's, that's big bro. Uh, we used to practice against each other for the better part of almost, like, I want to say a decade. If he would beat me or block me, he would tell me why he did it. Mm. Uh, but if I would uh, beat him in practice, <clears throat> uh, I would tell him what I saw. Oh. And uh, we would just bounce ideas off each other. And then once you get to the game, these are guys that don't know you. So the things that you have to do is trust yourself, trust your process, trust your grind. So when you get in the game, this guy that does not know me, I'm going to whoop him because the guy I, I'm beating the guy in practice who's older than I am. And he knows what I'm going to do. So if I, if I can beat the guy that knows me, I can for sure beat the guy that does not know me. Shout out to Ryan Dean, by the way. I think Deemer. <laughs> I think Northern Illinois University, I think. And I only know that because he has a tattoo that is not good. 
that, oh, no. that involves <laughs> that involves that. I think that's self He's a great guy. One of the yeah. best guys, by the way. It never gets talked about. Deem never gets right. talked about, by the way, in that entire team. But tackle, good guy, good oh, guy. Absolutely. Um, but whenever you talk about him telling you why you're doing whatever you're wrong or what he saw in you telling him, that's the type of thing I think used to happen back in the day. Absolutely. And then whenever now with all these in Gridiron Gang, you're training the next generation of QB haters, I believe that is. And, but, but also you have other positions training the future as well. It's becoming this beautiful thing. How do you feel about like the guys getting together and working in the offseason together? Like, for instance, tight end, you just got announced where all these tight ends are going to go together. And I think, by the way, I think that is going to become something business-wise, too. Like, uh, I'm not talking about like them having tight ends like as a camp. That's probably going to happen as well. But I'm talking about how they get treated as a uh, negotiation with the NFL. If you get all the top people in one position that is potentially being slighted business-wise, and this is not me talking to any tight end or them telling me anything. I'm just assuming from being in a conversation maybe after a couple beers have been had before with other people, there's a chance that they're going to talk and be like, we should be paid like wide receivers are getting paid right now. Like our numbers should be more because we're blocking and we're catching. I assume that's potentially going to change the game. So it's good for them to come together and, and do that whole thing. Outside linebackers and pass rushers have done this. Von Miller, I believe, had one. And then now I remember when it first started, kind of the OGs of this whole thing, the mm-hmm. offensive linemen were pissed that the defensive ends or pass rushers for their team were telling p- uh, potential opponents like, hey, this is uh, how you get better, this is how you get better, but now everybody does it. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that whole thing? And do you think like iron sharpens iron is the most important Absolutely. thing anyways? Well, to go back to uh, with the tight ends, that's great because you have to have a, a business strategy amongst each other because you, you, you are fraternity. So with tight ends, they – the guys that want to get paid, you have to label yourself a pass catcher, not a tight end. But the pass rushers, you have to label yourself a pass rusher, not a D lineman. I'm not a I'm not a DN. I'm not an outside linebacker. I'm not a D tackle. I'm not nose guard. I'm a pass rusher, uh-huh. and that comes with a different different uh, level of, I guess, pay expectation. Yeah, because it's kind of setting the tone. Kyle Pitts, they were telling him that he should come out as a uh, wide receiver instead yeah. of a tight end because yeah. the franchise tag, I think it's like $5 million difference or like $4 million difference. And that's kind of where you immediately look at the franchise tag. It's like, okay, this gives us the top five average contracts not without bonuses, but here's the top five average contracts. So you can immediately look at that number and see how each position is paid. Like, okay, this is how this yep. is paid. This is how this is paid. The tight end and wide receiver disparity, pretty big. I mean, that is a pretty mm-hmm. big thing. Linebackers, though, it's very fascinating because linebackers also have middle linebackers, inside yeah. linebackers, and outside linebackers that are being titled outside linebackers because they're not DNs because DNs don't get paid enough. So it's like uh, it's an entire thing. And Darius Leonard now, who I believe you know rather well, I think oh, yeah. I think you were there for yeah, his maniac. Yeah. yeah, the maniac, hell of a player, mm-hmm. uh, HBCU guy as well. I mean, he is he has taken over. Uh, this Colts defense with the new generation. Now conversations are that he's owed $18 million or he's negotiating for $18 million a year and all that stuff. I think if anybody has earned it, I think Darius Leonard has earned a, mo- a massive contract. Uh, I My sources have told me this is not like happening tomorrow like not this, okay. this is not my sources have told me this is not happening like right this is not like a tomorrow next week type right. announcement maybe that things could change but my they said this is coming maybe but it's not in there but then when this made us look at the um at the contracts for every linebacker 
Very, very interesting oh, here, yeah. Robert. Khalil Mack, $23.5 million a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, Khalil Mack, your thoughts? Hell of a player, huh? Yeah. yeah, 23, yeah. $23 million well spent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Vaughn Miller, 19. He's coming back, obviously, after. Well uh, Bobby Wagner, though. There's like the first inside linebacker at 18. C.J. Mosley, Judon, Zadarius Smith, Chandler Jones, Bud Dupree, then Shaquille Barrett. But that's all pass rushers, basically. That, yes, sir. That is all, that, that, that's all pass rushers <laughs> yeah, making the money. Yeah, in your mind, and this is going to be a biased decision or a biased opinion, is pass rusher the second most important position on the field? It's the most important position on the field outside quarterback. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so quarterback, yeah. aside I, from the quarterback. Yeah, you have to put them they're in, they're in their own different world. So, But I think the NFL get, is starting to see that, though. Uh, absolutely. Uh, the quarterback position is the engine to, to every team's automobile. That's You're a just, quarterback hater, and you know that. I'm, I, You know, call it for what it is, a spade a spade. <laughs> no quarterback, no chance. And you know, you and yeah. I both know that. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> you are there for that. If you have, and I always use this uh, example, your pass rusher faces off with the left tackle. Your star left tackle beats him, sacks the quarterback, and stops that quarterback from throwing it to the number one receiver. That pass rusher just neutralized three guys on one play. And also probably $130 million in <laughs> one year. Total, yeah. 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 Yes, sir. total yes, money. Sir. Right That's one so player that has to attack that. You have that, that pyramid where you have the quarterback is tops. Then I will put the pass rusher. Then you have left tackle and the number one receiver. And that's just based on importance. That's just the bottom line. So you can follow the franchise tag money to as evidence for that. Do you think you're with the Gridiron Gang, you're getting a chance to work? And, and what you guys are doing, by the way, I got a chance to kind of hear how the business has worked out. Because we've seen it since the beginning. We got a chance to chat with you uh, since the beginning of this thing. You and right. Dan, I was pumped for you guys. Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, here we go. Two good guys. And I told Dan this. I was happy Dan got back into football, by the way. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I think you were as well. And everybody that knows him, Muir is a hilarious human. So I'm happy he's back in football. But getting a chance to kind of watch you guys go through this entire process process and then getting a chance to hear what the business is now you guys have i think you've grown like maybe 600x since we've talked the amount of people you have on these fields mm-hmm. it feels like you are really transforming how yeah. indianapolis and indiana uh high school kids are training you got you had chuck pagano out there training safeties yep. there was an entire field basically <laughs> you had a, a running back coach uh walker uh, yeah you had walker out there there was like 20 running backs out mm-hmm. there you have these Pass rushers. You now. This is not your largest crew. You had a hundred or, or fifty-three and a third wide field, and it was just stacked with people that were running sprints or whatever. You have this massive conglomerate going on right now. Do you see? <laughs> do you see a lot more people though wanting to be pass rushers? Uh, I would assume that's where a lot of the big bodies, instead of maybe uh, maybe defensive tackle, even though there's Aaron Donald still doing that thing, or offensive line or inside. I feel like pass rush is a. I think a lot of people see it as a lane. Like, okay, there's a lot of money to be made in this thing. Are you? seeing that even at the younger level and maybe the way parents speak and shit absolutely i feel like it's a lot of pride coming in coming to that position because naturally you want to be the quarterbacks in the whole seven on sevens the uh the, the Deion sanders of uh, db stuff stuff like that so the front line guys it's not really uh it's not the most sexy positions so once you got go there go out there and get a sack do your sack dance, and you start. You see these Aaron Donalds, Von Millers, Chandler Jones, these Khalil Max. Hey, how they change, just transform the game. How they alter the game. That inspires the younger guys. Okay, so I'm not this skinny, fast guy. So I'm a little bigger. So let me let me find my let me find my lane. And uh, 
lo and behold, it works for them, and they're able to do what they want to do, and that's play uh, professional ball. Yeah, and you're, by the way, scholarships, <clears throat> not just, I assume now, I don't know how young your um, your company is and, and players that you've had. Uh, you work with NFL guys. You work with free agent guys. And these guys are working out alongside, by the way, mm-hmm. these high school kids. Mm-hmm. These, other, I mean, it is a very, very cool group of people that you have up there. Uh, getting a chance to hear, because... I don't know if you guys know this. I got a chance to hear this the other day. Okay. This gridiron gang, they're having, you know, kids from neighborhoods that would never even know maybe that these types of camps exist. Right. Right. Am I, am I speak? Am I, because to be honest, I I don't know if this type of shit was happening whenever I was in high school or anything like that. I don't think so. Like, I don't know, but I don't remember this type of stuff. But then as you get older and older, I guess there's like these And granted, we saw the admission scandal with Doc. There's like these things that are happening for certain groups in certain places. And you don't even really know about it unless you know people that are in it there. They got kids from inner city Indianapolis that would never even know this thing up there like three times a week busting their ass. I mean, you're talking about like changing, like legitimately changing the future here. I think it's, it's not only cool what you're doing, getting to teach this like at a high level, but also the opportunity that you're presenting without giving like a handout, right? It's not a handout. It's like, Hey, if you want to come work your ass off, you deserve the opportunity to come learn just like everybody else. I want to let you know, I think it's incredibly cool to watch. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. You have uh, schools like Arsenal Tech, uh, Inner City, uh, Warren Centrals. This happens in every city, by the way, everywhere <laughs> in the country. We're, we're talking about in Indianapolis right now, though. Yeah. Hopefully, you'll be able to grow to other places, though, because right. what you're doing is very cool. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, 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 it's fun. And you're just doing, doing, doing the things that you love, and it's for a great cause. And, and this is all scholarship. We're not charging these. We're not charging but the bulk of our clients, of football student-athletes. And it's a, it's a tribute to the sponsorships. And Coates being the, the spearhead of, spearhead of that, uh, you have a uh, Goldman Sachs. You have Eli Lilly. Eli Lilly. Colts involved uh, in this thing. Colts. You know the Colts will not be outdone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know we told uh, front office what we had in place, and they were like, "Hold up, wait a minute. We're going to match that because yeah. that's that's always how Mr. Ursay has been. It's, if it's a good cause, he's going to back it. And uh, everybody that's that's associated with the Colts organization. So now that you're saying those names, it makes sense whenever I look and I see how many people are there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's incredible because the have you had to... I also have the Steinbrenners, the, the, the Yankees. The yeah. Yankees. What? Hey, this is people, people are getting In behind. Indiana? You got these They people? live here. I, I don't know think that. I know that. Yeah. We need to do better business. Yeah. <laughs> we should. We should be a Yankee show at this point. No, I'm joking. But um, now, when you talk about coaching, though, we had Coach JB on the other day. I don't know if you got to see him. He's from uh, Last Chance You on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Only white dude that grew up uh, in Compton in his neighborhood. He. <laughs> oh, he's a bad man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He yeah, acts, you don't want you don't want no smoke with him. Yeah, I would assume he's been through some shit, but oh, yeah. he um he speaks exactly how like he did not change. He did not decide to uh, try to act how he thought people were supposed to act. He was always himself, mm-hmm. and in doing so, I think 
from watching Last Chance You on Netflix, wow, watching him, the guys told me, like, you got to see this guy. You got to see this guy. So I watch him, and I'm like, there's a lot of coaches like that. Like, uh, now he now has taken it to, obviously, a different level because he's a head coach as opposed to a position coach, but reaching kids, reaching dudes is something that coaches have to do. Like, you have to be able to reach, you have to be able to reach the person. However you do it, you do it. There's different ways to do it. I think JB uh, was the first person to be displayed nationally, like, hey, this is a style of coaching. And there's probably a lot of deeper conversations that could be had about that as well and why that has not been displayed in other fashions as well. But whenever you have to teach these kids, though, and you said they're coming from in news here in Indianapolis, there's like 17 people shot this weekend yeah. in Indy uh, this past weekend, I think. And there's there's always like, even though we're a small city, there's still shit that pops off in every single city. There's a lot of people that come in from out of town. There's big business here, obviously. I mean, there's Indianapolis is a very fascinating city. Mm-hmm. Whenever these kids come, do you and Dan, you know, like I assume you have to school them with some game too, like hey, like life and everything, like or is it just kind of an escape for them whenever they get up there? Is it all work? Like how do you, you know what I mean? Is there a little bit of an obligation or a pressure to feel like, okay, I got to actually talk? This kid might never hear that he could potentially become a millionaire unless I tell mm-hmm. him. You know, like is there any of that potential pressure whenever you have to talk to these guys? I think a lot of that when people label you OG, unk or coach, that comes with the responsibility. And that's giving them game, the game of life first. Because coming up there to play football, naturally, okay, yeah, that's that's a given. But to give them some advice or to, to let them see guys that's done it on a professional level, that's been been in the Super Bowl, stuff like that, that comes from the same humble beginnings that as they come from, that that in itself is way more changing, life changing than just go out here practicing. Yeah. Uh, drills. So. Yeah, just knowing it can happen, yeah. I think, is a big deal. Yeah. You know, because it's like a belief, like an opportunity. And whenever you are talking to them or around them, I assume they're like, okay, this guy made it. I can. I remember thinking to myself, because I never, at our high school, I don't know. I don't know if anybody went D one in football. I don't know how many people. Like normally, people just kind of stay in our school. And I was always like, man, I want to be fucking rich, dude. Like, how? <laughs> who do I? And we didn't have a lot of. We, my parents weren't really friends with any wealthy people. It was actually complete opposite. They hated them. But I was like, I, my dad's first boss. His name was D Clark. And D doesn't know this, but I saw him and I saw his house and I saw like the way he talked and how he had joke. And he he was the first person I saw. And I was like probably a teenager, or late teenager. I was like, okay, so this is how a uber successful person can operate okay it's not like it is on tv where they have to have a suit you have to be yeah. this slap dick you, like you don't have to do that like this is a person that i can look at okay hilarious all right seems to be cool gets along with people you can make it out there i think that is a huge thing and that's why as those numbers grow yeah. i mean chuck pagano's coaching these high school kids yeah that is fucking it's insane the opportunity a, you're presenting a, a pretty funny story when you're talking to these kids, like my I'm five years removed from the game, so they was pretty young when I was playing, so they vaguely remember vaguely remember me. But I was telling them they would think I came from a big, yeah. big bells and whistles high school, went to Alabama or Georgia type of deal. Like no, I went to high school, and one of my classmates was Gucci Mane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they like oh, because they know. Gucci Burr. came from, yeah. from you know Burr. from from the gutter yeah. you know Burr. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they can now they can identify okay I came from humble beginnings just like you I wanted I had a goal so I had to set myself on the path to achieve that goal I was able to do that you go to college it doesn't matter what college you go to you just need an opportunity all you need is one 
the school that Alabama and them, the uh, Black College National Champs, they gave me the hill. Yeah, I got one offer that particular year, 1999, and that was the last scholarship offer because the guy that they really wanted turned them down on National Signing Day. So they just had a surplus one. They offered it to me. Hey, I'll take it. Appreciate you. And uh, lo and behold, I was you know, fortunate enough to pursue my NFL dreams. Well, the by the way, fucking awesome. Hey, <laughs> yeah. hey, 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 awesome, dude. Yeah. Hey, were you and Gucci friends or no? I mean, we was cordial. I mean, he was a uh, uh, Boulder Chris. I'm East Atlanta, and uh, it was a lot of it was a lot of ignorant stuff going on. But, <laughs> but yeah, I know him. He knows me, and that's kind of hey, where it is. He came out of jail. They did. He came out of jail just absolutely yeah, shredded. shredded up. No, flat shows. Yeah, all that stuff. Just that's that young, immature high school stuff. So. Yeah, I could imagine. But <laughs> East Atlanta, what zone? Zone zone six, man. There we Come go. On. Hey, I'm sorry, I even don't know. do that. Don't you do that? Well, I'm sorry, I even that's on me 100. percent But yeah. your story is an awesome one, and yeah. I think that is. Now, I don't want to say that that's a normal thing in the NFL, but there's a lot of stories in the NFL, and right. I think that is why the NFL is so awesome because right. you're from Zone Six, Peyton. Okay, <laughs> was born and raised to be an NFL quarterback by an NFL quarterback in an NFL family. I think he was in a commercial when he was like four years old. <laughs> but then whenever you get into a locker room, it's like, okay, we are trying to win. That's all we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. We got to figure this the fuck out. Yeah. Right? And that, that is, by we the way. Oh, uh, FIFO. Figure it the fuck, fuck out. out. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of what it is. Mm-hmm. But that's why like an NFL <clears throat> locker room is so incredible. Just, just you two, by the way. Mm-hmm. And that is such a beautiful depiction of like here is people from two very 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 different circumstances one better reggie wayne is from across the tracks from peyton same city same city (laughs) city why go together to create two hall of fame careers it's just that's why football is beautiful it is i was so lucky i got into it late you know because i played Mm -hmm. soccer or whatever but man, I was always an NFL fan. Then once you get in there, it's like this thing is, this sport is this sport. That's, what that's, I, that's ultimately what you miss about the game. I don't miss hitting quarterbacks, the, the, the aches and pains. I miss the locker room. That's yes. what you miss. It's like laughing at guys like this. <laughs> like, man, just this this dude just silly, man. <laughs> Bro, yeah. I, I feel like I I feel like I was a pretty good energy boost. Yeah, I feel like was. I feel it like was. I had I was a pretty good. There was a couple times I had to read the room a little bit and like, all right, okay. all right, now time for me to fucking speak here. Let me get got guys that are for real funny like yourself and other guys just. They trying too hard. Oh, okay, nice. so I mean, yeah. yeah, but they get exposed in that locker room oh, real though. quick. Yeah, real yeah, quick. that is. If, if you get sensitive, uh, that we're gonna turn it up some more. So what you gonna do? You gonna whoop us? What you gonna do? All right. So me and Clint yeah. session, okay. And uh, he went to University of Pittsburgh. He his career ended because I think he had two concussions in one game. I think that is what happened with him. When he went down to Jacksonville, they paid him. He was the leader in tackles for the Colts for a long time. From I mean, he this dude, dude, by striker. the way. Striker. Yeah. He, he I remember him and Chris Johnson. I actually asked Chris Johnson about it. It was uh, in Tennessee. I think it was like the year where he went for 2K, I think. Mm-hmm. He... In first, first, first play. play, first play. First, you remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, his ass up. Oh my god! I remember sitting on the sideline, and uh, me and Clint had hung out a little bit. You know, we had uh, we had mutual interests. You know, in things outside of football. But the um, he uh, <laughs> he um, 
he murdered Chris Johnson. Oof. And it was, I think it was a couple of days before the game, we were like chatting or whatever. And he said that he knew what the first play of the game was going to be, mm. or he knew when this, what play it was going to be. And he said, when that happens, he wasn't just talking to me, it was like a group. <laughs> he said, when that happens, he said, I'm going with everything yeah. I got. I'm going with everything. And it might've been the first play. Yeah, he smacked the shit I out couldn't of even, <laughs> I couldn't even fathom him in his head when he saw what he, he Oh, first play. Yeah. Really? <laughs> and they, and by the way, we won that game. I don't think oh, yeah. Chris had more than 30 yards it was, or 40 yards. It was a complete situation. Tone setter. Yeah, it was yeah. a tone oh, oh, yeah. setter. But Absolutely. Clint Session is just another guy. Like, when you talk about that locker room, me and him should have never been friends or hung out. But, like, we <laughs> yeah. literally were. And it was it was one of those things where when I started doing stand-up or getting into stand-up, which, by the way, Robert said, first time you do a show, I'm front row. Uh, he said, whatever first show, mm-hmm. I'm going to do it. It was a couple years I was like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Well, you do it then, like him, basically. <laughs> you do it. I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. So I do it or whatever. And walking on the stage, I literally thought to myself, I saw you. I saw Vinny. Gary mm-hmm. Brackett was there. I forget who else. Mm-hmm. There's a couple other OGs there. I literally walked on the stage, saw you guys, and I was like, oh, I've made those motherfuckers laugh. These, hey, these, these Indiana folks are gonna be fucking <laughs> easy. Like it really is though. Like in the locker room. You learn so much. Yes, sir. You learn so much. It shapes you so much. It does everything. It's awesome. And I was very lucky to be in a locker room with you, pal. Will you stick around another? You got to get out of here or no? No, I'm good. What you want to do? We got to get to a break. That's okay. what I got to do. Yeah. On the other side, I need you to rank your favorite quarterbacks that you have sacked. Yes. Will do. Top three. Don't need a lot. Don't need like 20. I've, how many I'll, have you sacked? I already know. Oh, no. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure the internet knows how many. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate them. <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful. All right, we got to get to a break. We're back in four minutes. Oh, also, I got big sources. Ooh. Oh, that's right. I got to say this right now. I I, I should get to, I was going to do this earlier. Pretty big deal yesterday. Uh, News came out from a podcast called the DNVR Broncos podcast. Uh, Romy Bean, I believe, is her name. She's uh, works for CBS out in Denver. She told a story on there about how she had two different sets of sources, one from a golf course, one from a golf crew, uh, that John Elway and Aaron Rodgers had been golfing, seen golfing together, and we immediately were like, okay, allegedly this is true, but boy, if John Elway and Aaron are golfing together five hours, golf is a long time. There's a lot going on. And yeah. I think AJ said, well, that's tampering, I believe. And we go, oh, they're just friends. Just They're just quarterback. They're just friends or anything like that. Uh, and it, by the way, that on the internet became a big deal. Yeah, Huge. This became a big deal. It wasn't our story. We were just reporting what we had heard because we have a vested interest in this entire thing. Right. In this whole, with that going big, I, sources came to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so I have some sources. Maybe from the golf course, maybe not. Okay. Okay, but the source does have knowledge of the situation rather well. Same golf course, two different groups. Oh. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Two different groups. So they were at the same golf course, Mm -hmm. but they were nowhere. Allegedly, now, my source told me, tee times were very far apart. So there are a couple places on the course that they could have potentially had interactions, <laughs> but couldn't have been long if it was. Okay. Oh, man. Golly. That's, so, the, that's brilliant. What's that? The, that. <laughs> 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 like, like, we don't know what the hell. I just want to let you know, yeah. Robert. 
That's what sources told me. Now, mm -hmm. sources told Romy something different. Mm -hmm. You take it out. The source who told me would know, though. Now, that, now that person, though, could be lying to me. I'm not 100% sure. I don't know the person at all previously mm -hmm. to this whole situation. Nope. But I did do a little... Okay. okay. So <laughs> this person would know, but... Incredible. Could be lying to me. I'm not 100% sure. Mm -hmm. I was told, though, that... Same course, two different groups. And I guess this course is a course that... Notables would play at. Yeah, like... People go to. Yeah, so they, they, what he was saying, or, or she, <laughs> kind of like guess who there. I kind of <laughs> fucked that one up. Uh, this one, you get it. It's a, it's a, It was a dude, all right? Yeah. Okay. All right, so yeah, take all the guesses you can before it does not have a mustache, yeah. epic, glasses. Um, said there there could be stories every day about people potentially at that course because of the course it is I who's guess. golf it's a nice yeah. golf course yeah, yeah i guess but it's also like one of those ones it's not easy to like mm -hmm. get into yeah mm -hmm. nothing more than i guess two ships passing in the night then i guess i mean it could be like they were on hole one and hole 18. Yeah. oh okay could have been i was not told this Something this is just like pure that. speculative like but then they could have going to number two t yeah just getting done on 18. 18. Yeah, yeah okay could be like that. But I don't know the golf course. No. Yeah. No. And I don't know how the layout is. <laughs> and I don't know if John and Aaron like each other, but I did hear what Romy said. I'm not as I her people probably aren't lying to her. I don't know if old buddy's lying to me, but I was told same course, different groups. So okay. I guess that kind of buries that whole thing. And it was months ago, by the way. Yeah. Right. Oh. Yeah, months not and months recently. ago. No, no, no. Which is kind of bullshit, I guess, because we had such a cool story there, and we're probably going to run with it today. Instead, you know what we're talking about on the other side? What's that? Tim Tebow's in the AFC South. <laughs> yeah! People go through many changes as we get older. Isn't that right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. For men, one of the less fortunate changes is that Testosterone production begins to naturally decrease in the body. Did you know this, AJ? I am aware. For most men, it begins around the age of 30, and testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. My Whoa. God. So if you live to 130, you ain't got shit left. No, no. minus 30. Well, if it starts around 30, this is one of those questions on a test where, you know, begins around 30. In the testosterone production declines by roughly 1% per year. So does it start at zero or does it start at 30? That's the thing. This is where That's they can get you. It's one of them damn word problems. This is one of those yeah. problems where you're like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, which, can I ask a follow-up? Anyways, I was good at those tests because I always viewed it as me versus the fucking teacher. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but this is me versus you. Fuck you. That's how, I, that's how I view it. That's why friends at Roman have a new supplement designed to support testosterone production. I did not know this. They formulated their own supplements with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. You hear this, AJ? Roman's mm -hmm. testosterone supplement is for anyone who wants to support their own body's natural function. They formulated their own blend with transparent and scientifically backed ingredients. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash USA. Their supplement contains vitamin D3, what? zinc, what? magnesium, what? Maca, what? and 
ashwagandha in a unique blend designed by healthcare professionals that you can't get anywhere else. To learn more about these incredible ingredients, visit GetRoman.com USA. Roman is offering $15 off your first order and will deliver your supplements right to your door with free two-day shipping. When you go to GetRoman.com forward slash USA, get $15 off your first order plus free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman, G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com forward slash USA. That's good news. Let's try that stuff. Okay. I've been looking for that type of stuff. That's good news. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. Now we know. Hey, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. Thank you, Roman. <laughs> Some breaking news today. It is officially uh, Tebow time in Duval County. Woo! Yeah. He's wearing number 85, so he said, I've always dreamed of being a tight end. I'm going to go with a traditional standard old 85, even though I could be 15, could be 5, could be whatever. Tim Tebow is officially back with Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. Uh, initial video has been leaked of him walking to practice in his jersey. He does not look like how we we seen Tim down no, at Topgolf. Uh, no, no, no. When we seen him at Topgolf, he was a bodybuilder. Yeah. He was he was messed. Now he's put on, it looks like he's put on a little bit because he knows he's going to be in the trenches battling it out with people like the Sandman down here. <laughs> Robert, we talked to Ninkovich. Do you ever, you you got respect yeah, for Rob, Yeah, Nick. Rob, yeah, well, absolutely. Nink went to Purdue, by the way. I think he comes back to town every once in a while. You should get him up at the gridiron. Oh, game. yeah, tell him to come holler at me. Yeah, I think we absolutely should do that. He was talking about how, um, <clears throat> he said, right now I've been out of the league, okay? I could put on some pads and I could throw around Tim Tebow is what Rob <laughs> Ninkovich said. Right now he said I could do that. So we had him on the show Man. immediately afterwards. And I go, listen, if you don't think he's going, if you think he's taking somebody's opportunity, cool. I understand why you're mad. Like, uh, that's a very, it's, you know, everybody knows we're in a network business. The world is a network business. This He's a Jacksonville hero, but I can understand that. But you saying you're going to throw around Tim Tebow? He then told us that he's, what, benching 370 yeah, right I'm now him. if he wants to or whatever. Do you think there is a certain thing with Tebow that, you know, like defensive ends, uh, anybody that he potentially has to block, maybe even a corner. Like, has that become something now? Like, I got blocked by Tim Tebow. I couldn't even imagine the film room in this training camp or OTA if a guy potentially gets, you know, teabagged by Tebow. Yeah. Or that whole thing. This is not going to be like an easy thing for him, oh, right? You just got pancaked by a quarterback. Can't happen. <laughs> That's, I don't care what his position right now. You're a, he's a quarterback. You cannot get pancaked by Tim Tebow. <laughs> no. Hey, but Tebow but, might uh, be able to do it. But at the same time, weights don't hit back. <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, so you can bench press whatever you want, but when you put the pads on, pads hit back. How come, why do you think some of the basketball players were able to make the transition into tight end? And why is everybody automatically assuming that Tebow won't be able to? Is it because Tebow is like 6'1 or 6'2 and these guys are normally like 6'4, 6'5? Or what do you think it is about it? And do you think... That Tebow has any chance of success here at tight end? Oh, his you, work- can't, you can't give him a guarantee, but just <clears throat> in your head, you haven't seen him. You haven't seen we. None of us have seen him do anything. Right. So there's obviously a chance for him to do it. But in your head, do you think? Do you see like an actual like he's going to be on the squad making plays? Man, I'll say this: him being in those trenches is going. That's a that's a it's a different beast. Uh, you, there is no quarterback protections. There is no no extra referees watching you. So guys are going to be gunning for him. But at the same time, I do know him to have a tremendous work ethic. So if it's something that he wants to be great in, he's going to work towards it. But I'm waiting to watch the film. So I can't really just jump out there because at the same time, he's a quarterback and – 
you cannot get blocked by a quarterback. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> let's talk about a quarterback potentially becoming a tight end. You just said it, which is what we said. Like, this is Tim Tebow. Yeah. Okay, like, let's. I understand that people think he's going to fail, and he might, by the way. He might completely oh, yeah. fail at this. He couldn't hit a curveball, I guess. Can't hit a curveball. This guy's the biggest hater of Tebow. No, no, no I'm the this baseball guy. field. <laughs> I'm the baseball field. Why? Because he fucking stunk. <laughs> okay, all right, okay, easy. You need to take it easy there. But it is it is like, it's Tebow, it's Tebow. I just assume it's going to work. But also, he's he's going to sell out that stadium. We've been down there, dude. There you go. Hey, they had tarps over that entire top. You remember you that? Go. So they couldn't black out the uh, TV uh, local because they had to have a sellout or whatever. Khan has to feel like right now with Urban coming in, Trevor Lawrence coming in, he's like, hey, let's kickstart this business now. Not that that isn't enough to motivate people, but the Jacksonville legend of Tebow going back in there, that's the way this whole thing, it is a business. I, I think that is something people forget a sometimes. business transaction. That's all it is. Pure and simple. <laughs> have you ever Have you ever seen, no, Indy, we didn't really do any of that, I don't think. Where you thought like, oh, that's strictly a business. Well, there was a bunch of that, I guess. <laughs> I, no, I, uh, not here. I can't say that I've. I mean, outside of you, I, that's that's about it. Can you imagine if that's why I got brought in? All right, we need to bring this fucking guy in. What is he? Well, he's dumb in the locker room. We know that. It'll be yeah. good. Uh, let's get some phone calls, shall we, Robert? Do you mind that? No, not at all. Let's go to Rocket in Denver. This is Rocket, dude. This guy's Ooh. quick. When he was a kid, he used to fucking smoke everybody. Rocket, what's going on, dude? What is going on? Uh, Rocket, was I right with everything I said there? When you were a kid, you were yeah, the fastest? Yeah, that is my name. Oh, that's your actual name? Actual name. No, not a nickname. My actual name. Got crazy parents. Huh. Not a bad name. Hey, Rocket. Right. What do you want to talk <laughs> okay. about, man? Rocco? What do you want to talk about? Rocco! Rocky! Hey, Rock! Rocket! That's awesome. <laughs> Who was, uh, were you a, a, uh, were you an athlete? I assume you have to be an athlete with the name Rocket. You kind of get, get tossed into that? Uh, I mean, I, I tried football freshman year and fucking sucked. So. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, hey, Rocket, you do what you got to do. I assume you're going to be an accountant or maybe even a, a CEO one day. It's the CEO Rocket Johnson here. Let's go. <laughs> okay, can't wait for that. Rocket, what do you want to talk about, pal? I want to talk. I'm, I'm a Broncos fan, but I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about a man I think will be Humble. the MVP of this upcoming season. I think he's been disrespected his entire career, and he's coming to a team where he has a chance to be the best he's ever been, and that is Ryan Fitzpatrick. I want to get your thoughts on <laughs> Here that. We okay. Here we go. Here we go, Rockets. Um, that Washington football team. They are very good, Robert. I don't know if you've seen that. Chase Young, by the way, seems to be a guy. He uh, he picked up that football and just ran in a yeah. touchdown. It's like he had an extendo. It's dog. almost like he's they're a dog. He's yeah. a dog. They're building a team around him. That team was allegedly in on all the quarterbacks that were potentially available. They signed Ryan Fitzmagic. Your thoughts on Ryan Fitzmagic or a journeyman quarterback going into a game against the Ryan Fitzmagic? What are you thinking about? How do you? How do you? Is that change anything? Ooh. Uh, MVP Rocket. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> but uh, I've had the pleasure to play against uh, Fitz Magic, as you call him. Yeah, yeah. And he's a problem. When he's hot, he's he's scorching. But uh, you kind of want to get the, the cold <laughs> Fitz Patrick, not the Fitz Magic. So. Oh, you're saying there is that every once in a while. Yeah, there's there's uh, like we used to say the the Chicago Bears quarterback 06. Grossman, good Grossman, bad Grossman. 
uh, Super Bowl we had bad. And that was good for us. <laughs> <laughs> is, that some, is that a conversation that's happening, though, during the week of preparation? Oh, yeah. it's, Absolutely. And mm-hmm. what are the coaches saying? What are you guys saying? It's like, hey, he's going to give us one? Like that type of – is that like uh, – Absolutely. If you have to prepare for the the good Rex Grossman, but uh, hope for the bad one. So you go into game, don't know, just stick to your guns and uh, – we got the bad one, so we was all right with that. But there's probably numerous quarterbacks that are like that. I assume, especially oh, yeah. in the AFC South over the years, there was a lot of things yeah. turning around, and we don't have to name them specifically unless you want to. And you can do that. I cannot do that. <laughs> you can do that to whoever you want, basically. Nah, but I ain't going to do that. But you got a lot of uh, – I said there are more streaky quarterbacks than there are consistent. When I think consi- – I've, 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 I've been spoiled. Yeah. Peyton and Andrew, those are consistent guys. They're going to be great every week, week in and week out. Uh you got Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers. These guys that you know, you know what you're going to get, and that's you better bring your A game. Yeah, I think everybody thinks that those guys just grow on trees. No. By the way, no, they, they do not. Nope. It is one of those, just like the Packers situation. That I don't know if you saw how this whole thing panned out because you're coaching or whatever, but like Schefter literally t- said that. It was accumulation of information, and I just mm-hmm. so happened to drop it on draft day, but it became like the biggest story of all time. It turned into Packers fans telling Aaron Rodgers he's a piece of shit. And to get at, I mean, it, it became a big deal or whatever. But people just yeah. think like having an Aaron Rodgers, you're like, oh, we'll get another one because they had Brett Favre. And we yeah. were very lucky. Andrew was immediately after Peyton or whatever. Right. But, man, if you don't get one of those guys, yeah. you're not going to win. Patrick Mahomes, for instance, here's a guy. Kansas City found a guy somehow. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Congratulations for them. They told Alex Smith to get out there it's not easy to find a guy though I, I think that is a very big misconception at this because everybody is going to be great every whenever they come into the nfl because mm-hmm. their college career this dude's going to be the greatest this kyle pitts is already a number four tight end in the nfl right now <laughs> pro football focus rated kyle pitts as the number four tight end in the nfl right now by the way i believe kyle pitts has a chance to be great okay i, I have Nothing but love for Kyle yeah. Pitts. Congrats, Kyle Pitts. Love Kyle no, Pitts. No, but to put no, him in the top no, five tight ends in the NFL no. right now over guys that have played for 10 years in the NFL is is what's wrong with everything that's going on in the I world. I don't know him, but he's a rook-ass rook. Yes. He, hasn't, he has not taken a snap yet, so until then, you cannot put them in the top five. Nothing. That's what I think you so, know. too, because we have no idea what's going to happen. Kyle Pitts, by the way, and I think this is the difference between being in a locker room yeah. and like covering the game. I don't think if you're if you're just a even if you're a media person that's around every day, okay. And you and by the way, I I consider a lot of them to have a vast amount of knowledge on the NFL. It is vital to the NFL's success to have media that is invested and everything like that. But unless you've been in the meetings where you've seen or or seen somebody who looks like the greatest athlete of all time in high school and college, they were dominant. And then you watch them in like two practices, like oh, this guy fucking stinks. Like, why, why, why is this guy? You have no idea what's going to happen. That happens so, man, all the time. Bro. He is hot garbage. Yeah, like who is this guy? Yeah. You know, and he looks this good. Hype, the hype machine. So. Uh, I don't know Kyle like the tight end, but uh, I hear a lot of good things about him. But until then, I'm going to wait till you put it on the field. I hope he's great. I yeah. hope he's great. But the quarterback thing is very difficult. Zito says he has an entire quarterback list he wants to put up there. Go ahead, Z. Toss that thing up there. It's interesting. Is this uh, – what is this? Here is a breakdown of the people Mathis has sacked, adding oh, up yeah. to 128 <laughs> and a half career sacks. By the way, congrats on that. Yeah. That's a lot. Jeez. 
So you got five on Tom Who's Brady. That first guy. Yeah, Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go through that right now. We have a few minutes here. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady was the guy. As soon as you walked in here, you grabbed his Patriots hat and you threw it on the ground. Yeah. Wild. And yeah. You told him to go to hell last time. I, I think you told him next time you see him, you're going to beat him up. So let's hope that happens at some point today. But wow. Tom Brady I just was. just might slap all this stuff off his neck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. the cactus. Yeah, you already lost the cactus. But Tom Brady, obviously, your favorite sack of all time there? Uh, I have a top three. Okay, top three. I'm going to go at number three. Steve McNair. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Legend. Because, uh, you know, swag legend, uh, uh, frat brother, all that stuff, good stuff. But he was the reason John Tierling and the coach, uh, Coach Dungey and Bill Polian, they drafted me because he was giving us problems. Uh, and they was like, well, we need two guys, Dwight and myself, to come get – chase him, to go get him. And uh, to be able to, I guess, do your job, you know, just – that was that – was, Kind of that was very instrumental. Well, and by the way, yeah, that, the yeah. reason why we're going to bring in somebody else, we have Dwight here, but we need another one. Yeah. The reason why we're going to do this is because Steve McNair. When do they tell you that? Do they ever they, tell you that? No, they told me that on my initial visit, but you know, you kind of take that with a grain of salt until you draft me. So, and he told me again after draft day, John Tierling, uh, the greatest D line coach of all time. Rest yeah. in peace, legend. Absolutely. Well, he was like, hey, we need you to go get Steve McNair. <laughs> we we, we want to win this division. You tackling Steve that first time, though, oh, yeah. it had to be like, it was like you were right. Yeah. Hey, you were no. right, Bill. <laughs> yeah. No, he shook me off the first time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who's yeah. number two? Number two, uh, a guy that I fully expect to see at the Ring of Honor, November 28th. My friend, my teammate, uh, former opponent, Peyton Manning. Oh, yeah. red jerseys in practice. Yeah. Don't touch Peyton Dude, in practice. Hey, you, you better not get within three yards or you're going to be cut. <laughs> I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Uh, he's in the conversation with greatest of all time. Yes. That's that's my man. That's Mount my Rushmore man. for sure. Absolutely. And it Absolutely. was also, it led to, I think, a safety. Ewall hopped on it or didn't. I don't remember. It was yeah, in the, I think his hair was out of bounds. So that's why it wasn't. Uh, Should have been a touchdown. It was, yeah, I think so. Yeah, something Should have like been a that. touchdown. But that night, they were, I think the, it, for whatever reason, it got brought back up into social media the other day. Right. That was an awesome night. Man. It was. Hey, was it? it I was. mean, that was an incredible night for you. I think the player of the game was that that blow up shot on the side. Come on, <laughs> yeah. come on. I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, Pat gonna strike a little bit. Okay. So, so you know, when that happens, when I make a tackle, and I try to explain this to people, it's like that is. I failed at everything I was supposed to do. If I'm making the tackle, my job was terrible. Like, whatever I just did did not work, okay? I'm getting paid to pin. I'm getting paid to go deep. And I'm trying to set up the defense Mm -hmm. to be in, like, a successful position. That is literally what my job was (laughs) as kickoff guy and punting guy. So every time I made a tackle, it was like I was not happy, first of all. Like, I was not happy that this was happening because I fucked over the team. Uh, I I potentially uh, did not do my job anywhere near what I was supposed to and ultimately at the end of the day I'm not going to get paid because this shit happened like it's not like uh, this is not a this is not a good thing so all my tackles I was rather angry on right and that one blow up Trendon Holiday, and that was just a luck thing, you know. Like literally, he's very fast. I'm running maximum speed after I hit a spin move on a guy, but I was running maximum speed, so that could have been just a miss completely there. I <laughs> I got lucky, but I turn around, obviously, and I see their sideline, and I'm a little like, oh my god, you know, like, whoa, fuck, and I watch the replay. I'm like, oh okay, fucking right. <laughs> so then I jog off. Everybody coming on the field, 
at that time. All the defense, who should be pissed at me, right? Because I just gave Peyton the ball at 50, basically. Yeah, it was supposed to, yeah exactly. It, yeah. I had six inside the 20, though. I got you. You got a safety. <laughs> all right. You're wrong. You got a, you got a safety. <laughs> all right. Here we so it's, uh, I mean, whatever. But the, the entire defense, I think Pat Anger, I think he ran and he hit the top of my head like off a, while he was running on. I believe, I forget who it was. It, I forget who it was. Somebody came and like punched me in the chest, and I was just like, "Oh, everybody's pumped. Okay, this is cool. This is hey, I fucked you over a little bit here. You got the, one of the greatest of all time with very short field. So good luck out there." And then they show the replay. The entire place went bonkers. Oh, yeah. I was about to puke. I think I was still a little dizzy or whatever. And I'm like, "I should be getting fired for what just happened." And yeah. It seems to be the complete opposite no, of this whole thing. That was awesome. That was a good blow up shot. It was fundamentally unsound. You was out of position, but whatever you had, you threw it into it, and you and you made the tackle, man. Thank you. And it I, turned out okay. Thank you. And by the way, you know, uh, Joel Dreesen and I have talked on the internet about this. He was supposed to block me on that. You know, and he came up to me and I think he thought maybe brother-in-law. We were brother-in-law or whatever. And I hit him with a literal spin move. I hit him with a literal spin move and made the tackle. And at the end, you actually see him come up and on the sideline. You see him do this or whatever because he knows in film, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah the th- kicker. Yeah, this is gonna happen. Like, this is gonna happen. But I did have somebody blocking me, so I think there was a little bit of respect. Maybe he and I have had a full interaction because I kind of fucked him over in the in the you know because we did kind of have agreement. Like, the agreement. Yeah, yeah. You, you broke the you broke the there's contract. A, there's a moral code there, that I kind of, and I do feel bad about. It. I want to let him know but that hit is one that is top five worst forms by me like i feel like i had a couple of wrapped up helmet to helmet a little bit but man i i feel yeah. like i i you ran through him now. thank yeah. you thank Laid you him you ran through him. thank you but i used that ice pick on yeah. this okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. i used that ice pick on the coaching point yeah from the defensive you know what oh, i mean yeah. had to go down there jt <laughs> told me that and then the number one has to be the guy huh yeah oh uh, it pains me to see it oh man don't, don't, don't. Okay, I won't. Uh, Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say? You were going to say greatest of all time? Uh, ah. He told me not to, so I, I, I'm going to I'm gonna fall back on that. You were thinking but, about it. But it was it's so hard to, to get to him because he releases the football so fast and he knows exactly where he's going with it. And to be able to get to him throughout the like the course of my career, throughout the big rivalries that we had, I mean, he's, he's head and shoulders tops. To get to him, we were playing them every year. By the way, yeah, man, it was it was for between us, uh, Patriots and uh, Pittsburgh. We used to pass that AFC crown around, man. so mm-hmm. it was always you got to beat New England because you don't want you don't want to have to go up there in January. You know what I'm saying with uh, the elements and and, 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 oh, and, yeah. and the foolishness that that, that comes <laughs> and along the with mass holes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, they never get talked about yeah. it as an environment of fans. By the way, everybody always says, like, Seattle's loud and, like, shit like that. I understand. But the massholes, they conduct themselves in a fashion that is disruptive to the away team. It's rowdy. I mean, there. it is a place. Yeah. And um, they, by the way, <laughs> for, uh, yeah, all right, they're average, yeah. you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they they, they, they is what they is. So. <laughs> whatever. Are you, uh, yeah. you know, week four, Tom and Bill? That's going to be, that's going to be just like. Uh, whatever week we we played the Broncos, bingo. Mm-hmm. But uh, I hope Tom go up there and, and drop a hundred on them. Well, how come? How come? Um, just because player? I just don't like the Patriots. So you did? You, you don't should. mind Tom down in Tampa or no? Come again? You hate Tom in Tampa or no? No, it's it's a respect because uh, I would, and I talked to Bruce Arians. I, my love for him far outweighs my disdain for for Tom. But I don't. Not I don't dislike him as a man. You know, he's cool as hell. Yeah, but he's <laughs> everything just, I've he's, heard. He blocked me from two or three rings, and I don't, <laughs> yeah. I, don't I don't like that shit. Yeah. 
Uh, joining us right now from Ohio, ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. Wow. AJ, and Robert says he's got a lot of respect for your game, pal. Oh, good. Hey, believe me, I have a ton of respect for, for his game. What is he coaching now? So he's he's got these camps. It's called the Gridiron Gang, basically. And it started with him coaching pass rushers, and they were just on a field. It, it literally felt like it was him and, like, 10 kids, maybe 15 kids, and they were just going to work. And then as he continued to do it, he started bringing in other positions and other things. And they've gotten to the point now where it is massive. They got sponsorships paying for kids that could never afford. I mean, it is huge. He's doing really well. I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly impressed by the growth because that the amount of work that he has had to put in probably for this is fucking massive, I'd assume. Just like the the logistics of trying to do stuff like this, the amount of emails you have to send and forms you have to get people to fill out. Yeah, that was what I would not be. Hey, how many forms have you had to fill out, you, Robert? Fucking yeah, for this camp stuff. I would assume there's a lot of. We were just talking about the amount of busy bullshit work you've probably had to do with this whole thing. I mean, we got we got the assistance for that shit. Man, I mean, at first. (laughs) <laughs> when we first started out, man, it was like... Can you, can you talk into the microphone? It man? was some bullshit, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, joining us, gotta... ladies and gentlemen, Robert Mathis. Yeah! Hey, man. Uh, AJ's here. He said he's obviously a big fan of yours. Um, <laughs> we, he's going into the Colts Ring of Honor this year. What's the date? November 28th, I want to say. So do you have your speech already ready? What are you going to do? Are you going to count for the previous Colts Ring of Honor inductions that we've learned that there is an echo, a little bit of an echo? The You know, there's a lot of things I think you have to prepare for for this moment. Oh, I kind of watched him um, study film on Dwight, what he did last time. He, stoke, he spoke for like a minute because uh, Mr. Ursay, he kind of he kind of you know, yeah. ran his show. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rely on Mr. Ursay running the show. <laughs> I just want to say thank you. I'm a, I'm a coat for life and... Give me my jacket. I think it was your last game. Yeah. It was your last game, um, last play. You come off the field, and the Jumbotron had zoomed in on you, and you literally pointed at the cold on your helmet, I think, and I think you kissed it, and then you sat down, and it was like a moment where it was like, <laughs> like for me as like a teammate, it was like, that's the end of a fucking era yeah, there. You know? And I think the fans also saw it as well. You took a tremendous amount of pride in the fact that you were only playing for the Colts, right? Yeah. Uh, 14 years in one place, and I got to retire on my own terms. And that's something very few people, not even the, the, the GOAT, the GOATs, uh, Tom Brady, Peyton, they, they didn't even do this. So in order to just play 14 years, get to announce my retirement and then go out and play the game and then get get the reception from the fans what else could you do but be loyal to the shoot that was aj it used to be like that that was the thought like hey i'm gonna be on the same team and then business always gets in the way you know and now i think it's so much different don't you think aj like now i'm not 100 sure that that is necessarily the goal anymore you know like that used to be the goal i'm not sure that is anymore just because of how the business has changed immensely i'm not saying it's the generational thing i just think the business has changed don't you think aj i mean yeah i think guys coming in probably that are rookies that are just newly drafted they're probably not thinking hey this is i'm going to be here for the next 12 to 14 years this is what i'm only going to play here they're probably obviously they they would love to everyone's everyone if you could you'd like to do it like robert but that's very difficult to do so yeah i wonder if kids if, i don't want to say kids i'm guessing like guys getting drafted as rookies aren't young men. kids but they are me yeah i wonder if what they're if that ever even crosses their mind like hey i want to try to play for one organization uh, robert your thoughts on like because there was a change in the locker room as 
like from the beginning of my career to the end of my career. And I'm not, I'm not 100% sure if you noticed it as well whenever you were in there. The rules of the game was changing. Right. It felt like society was changing. Right. Everything was kind of changing. Like, and I happened to be in a locker room during it. Ha- the thought of, and we talked about this a little bit last hour, and I can't wait to hear AJ's thoughts on this too. Kyle Pitts was rated the number four tight end in the NFL today by Pro Football Good. Focus. He should. He deserves it. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, AJ. But, uh, by the way, Robert said the same thing, basically in different fashion. But um, the, all the hype, the hype, you know. You that's said, not his fault, by the way. Hey, that's not, not Kyle Pitts' fault that they put him on that. We list. agree. It's not Kyle Pitts' fault. We don't have to bury Kyle Pitts. We think Kyle Pitts will be good, but this is part of the problem in this whole thing. So, like, people, you know, there's a lot of avenues to speak. And I, by the way, this is going to sound like a massively hypocritical thing to say, but I feel like when I spoke, it was never like, um, you know, I was, I was never getting hyped up like, hey, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, before ever really doing anything. Mm-hmm. Now it feels like everything you said this is like a hype machine. Mm-hmm. I saw you post something about a young pass rusher, and I, I think you actually said to him, if this dude can shut his ass up and, yeah. and can work and do it, he could be great. Do you think that there are going to be like any old school type guys? Because it feels like everybody wants these new guys like, hey, listen, you can make massive amounts of money on the internet Mm -hmm. you should be doing this type of stuff you should be doing this so i don't want to ever blame the players for this type of stuff but it really is i'm not 100 sure it's conducive to being the absolute best football player you could possibly be whenever that other shit's happening just am i wrong in thinking that and do you see this as well no uh i don't because the social media uh it's just it's a hype machine so i think it's going to boil down boil down to the type of person that the player just what he is uh, if he's a humble guy, eventually it is that's gonna show. Uh, you were talking, you were referring to uh, Popeye Williams. He's one of my guys, one of my uh, student athletes. He's been with us for a few years, and to see his growth, he's coming to his senior year in high school. And like I, I tell him all the time, hey, don't don't believe your your shit don't stink. You know, <laughs> just because yeah. people tell you, that, no, you're gonna get to college and you're gonna be a freshman all, all over again. And if you're fortunate enough, you get to the NFL, you're going to be a rook-ass rook. So you have to prove yourself each and every time. And uh, if you get caught up in uh, people kissing your ass, you're going to fall by the wayside. And I think that's why your camps are so important, by the way. Absolutely. Oh, I'm going to talk shit. Yeah. <laughs> who's, who's that AAU coach? Who's that AAU coach who said, like, uh, he, he, it was basketball. He's a player. Beal, maybe? Might have been yeah, Bradley, yeah, Beal. Bradley, Beal. Bradley yeah. Beal said, uh, everybody thinks you're all going to the NBA. To get to the NBA, one of y'all motherfuckers is going to have to take my spot. And ain't none of you yeah. can beat me in one-on-one. So I would assume that whenever you are talking to these guys at these camps, mm-hmm. and you're like, hey, listen, I'm a couple years out. But if you want to get in, you would have to take my spot. So Absolutely. like it, it, that type of realization is something. Because now it feels like, AJ, everybody's going to be the greatest. Everybody's going to be the greatest at all times. It's like, in two years from now, a lot of these people we're talking about, a majority of them, research tells us, a majority of the people that are getting hyped right now are going to stink. And I don't like it. I want them all to make a billion dollars. But research tells us that there is a good chance these guys are going to stink, AJ. And I, I feel like the hype at some point, will it ever curve? Will we ever learn from it? Or will it just continue to be something? And we're a part of this, too. Hey, let's not, oh, yeah, fucking, of course. let's not fucking get it twisted. We are a part of this as well. But I'm just saying, it can't... Af- I don't know. I just think it could affect things, AJ. I mean, it could. There's, there's always going to be outliers i mean look at trevor lawrence that guy's kind of a throwback doesn't he see he's not caught up in the hype he has he's been the man from day one since he was probably since he could throw a football and you haven't seen him out there self-promoting all over the place whether whether you agree or disagree like i don't think either however you go about it good just i think do whatever suits your personality but he's kind of a 
he didn't seem to be caught up in everything. Yeah, and, and by the way, you can make a lot of money off the field if you use the platforms that you're given to make things. Oh, yeah. So I have nothing but respect for it. But I do think you have to keep the main thing. The main thing. The main thing. Because right. as that thing grows, as do you just naturally. Like, for instance, LaMelo Ball the other night with the Hornets. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you make it in the playoffs, dude. Every game's primetime TV. Like, And I'm not saying that he was not trying to win but i don't know if he necessarily has that mindset like okay i'm gonna be on national tv every single night if i make the playoffs i should be wanting to ball out here because that'll help everything else grow now he has made immense amount of cash in his whole life i should i'm not telling him how to do it but i feel like that's one of those things where people and I'm, who knows but the content is everything it's like yeah but also like getting on national TV every single night is also a big deal. You know, it also helps out the whole thing. I think it all kind of goes with each other, but I think we're experiencing quite a change in professional sports and in the world. Mm -hmm. And we'll just talk dumb shit into microphones every day while we go about doing that. (laughs) Uh, AJ, uh, any updates on the Aaron Rodgers situation you'd like to tell me and Robert Mathis or anything like that? I wish I had something for you, Pat. No, nothing. So what did you find out, though, about the golfing situation? Okay, so I did talk about this in the first hour. And Robert, uh, he learned about it as everybody else did as well. He had some interesting thoughts on it. But (laughs) I was told was somebody who would know, okay? I, I had to go. I never met this person before, but this person would know. I looked into it a little bit. Uh, They said, same golf course, different groups, different time. And at this particular golf course, they, the, the allegations of people being with each other could be made at a, a, a very often. And I would assume if John Elway and Aaron Rodgers are golfing at this course, it's probably a pretty nice course. They said they were not in the same group or whatever, basically. They could have potentially had conversations on the course somewhere. Who knows? But it couldn't have been for long, allegedly, is what I was told. I could be lied to. Romy, her sources could have lied to her as well. I mean, who knows with this entire thing? But from what I gathered is, it's a fucking nice golf course. Yeah. Uh-huh. That is all I've gathered from this entire thing, is this is a nice golf course aj yeah they what you gathered is that they both played on that golf course that day but not in the same group that's what i was told could have been what about the poker though she said like her boyfriend's friend or something played poker and john elway and a-rod sat down at the table okay so i did (laughs) that guy may be full of shit Uh uh-huh there's a chance that that could be a little bit what did i say yesterday you don't you don't see him playing poker. Play poker. <laughs> I don't see any unless like they knew the people. I don't think they just joined random poker games at golf clubs. Okay, so this might be wrong. Okay, we've been we've been we've been covering wrong stories all fucking month. And you're saying allegedly. Right? Yeah, and we said allegedly, but I did get attacked out there and then it led so much to said source to send me information and I did reveal earlier it was a man, not a woman. Oh. Um yeah, oh. I didn't mean to. I wanted to keep my source secret, but I fucked it up. Uh, Tim Tebow is officially a member of the Jaguars as of this morning, AJ Hawk. Uh, Robert Mathis said the same thing that we all kind of said is it's Tim Tebow. He refused to give a guess on how Tebow would do. He said, I would like to see the tape, okay? I would <laughs> I would like to see his hand in the dirt, basically. Ain't that right, Robert? Go ahead. Absolutely. You just think like, hey, maybe he could. Maybe he can, but it's going to be who knows. I need to see the film. No, but I need a pundit, okay? I need you to say I need you to say he's going to be a Super Bowl champion, an MVP tight end. He's going to take Kyle Pitts' spot. Why the hell, or, hold on. Why the hell would I say that? And he's in, he's in the AFC South. No. They're going to suck, and I hope they suck, and I don't care about them sucking. I don't care. Yeah, okay, so, oh, yeah. so Robert Mathis said Tebow's going to suck. AJ, <laughs> yeah, see, that's, that's how this whole thing would go, and they could potentially clip that and say that you said that. You did not say that. But I think any prejudgment right now of Tim Tebow – 
I don't know. Just the NFL is so hard to predict on what's going to click and what isn't. I honestly believe that every single year. This guy could be great. He could stink. He looks much different than he looked down at Top Golf. Yeah. I will say. Looks like he's gotten a little bit more barrelly, ready to you know mix it up in the trenches with the Sandman down here, Robert <laughs> Mathis. Your thoughts, AJ, on this becoming official and and how do you see this thing? He looks bigger than that guy. Yeah. That oh guy yeah. Is. I mean, he looks good. I mean, obviously, physically, Timmy always looks good. I feel like yeah, like Robert. Yeah. And like Ninkovich said on your show last week, you can't hide. Like, there's nowhere to hide. And I think even in – I don't know what the OTAs will look like, but eventually you're going to put the pads on, and I guess that's when you get to know, like, what – how he can be down in the trenches kind of as a tight end. I agree. I mean, I think we're all saying the same things except for the people You'll know that... early on, though. I think they'll know pretty quickly one way mm-hmm. or the other. Oh, like today? You think they'll know today or you think it'll uh, come? No, no, not today, but I mean, they'll definitely have a good idea from OTAs and minicamp. But then once you get to training camp, within the first – five or six days i'm sure they have a feeling of like where how what the, his potential ceiling may be robert what was that thing hey when the pads come on right that was like the in our locker room oh yeah it was i mean i assume that's everywhere but there was a couple of years where people had big otas hey yeah. they had some big otas people that i don't think i even knew existed but they came in and on seven on seven they were fucking balling and then mm-hmm. first day of pads come you like, hey, wait till the pads come on. Yeah, he won't. He won't. Oh, this guy's really good, huh? This guy's really good. Okay. And then that first day of pads, you know, I think everybody has to kind of get psyched up for it. But the defense seems to be much more ready for it than the offense on a regular basis. But, boy, that first day of pads, you see some people disappear real quick. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, listen, I don't blame you. I wouldn't fucking do it either. But you're a much different player now than you were just a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the game, I guess, right? You got to be physical in that whole thing. Yeah. When the threat of physicality is present oh you see a whole lot of people tuck their tail so that's why we love when the pads come on that's always everybody's always juiced up for that for that particular practice because now we you but my favorite quote one of my favorite quotes is from ti <laughs> he says you want to overthrow me you gonna have to show me oh and you in otas is you know the coaches like to say we're in underwear, running around in underwear. Yeah, but they gas up some they guys. Do. The yeah. coaches gas up guys in OTAs yeah. too. Oh, yeah. oh, this guy yeah. gonna get your job. Yeah. This guy gonna oh, get yeah. your job. Absolutely. And so it's it's amazing, man. That first practice, padded practice, a whole lot of guys gonna have to lay it down. <laughs> yes. uh, this yeah. ain't the NFL ain't for this guy. Huh? Yeah. Hey, uh-huh. Good OTAs. Right. Thanks for coming. That was a good run, though, dude. Mm-hmm. All right, see ya. You're not the only one, by the way. There's been hundreds and hundreds <laughs> yeah. that have come through this door. I don't know every other place. It's just the way it goes. Thank God I didn't have to do any of that bullshit with anybody. <laughs> but you're thinking this will be early, huh, with Tim Tebow. We'll find out immediately upon contact. I think he's going to have a little bit more rope than the normal tight end uh, convert. So... And it's because it's business. It's, it's business, and you. They're can't. gonna sell that stadium. Yeah. They have yeah. never yeah. done yeah. that. Yeah. They've yeah. never done that ever. And it's we don't. Hey, we we don't like that. It's that way. Nope. Hey, I wish every person that was qualified for a position got the position. The yeah. most qualified person yeah. got every position, yeah. not just in football but in life. Like yeah. I wish that happened. But here in reality, that's just not how it fucking works. Nope. Okay, so it's like I understand. Hey, we can yell at a goddamn wall if we want to. It's just like. You're not going to get anything back. Uh-uh. We're, we're going to change it, though, every day. Hell yeah. Every day, we're going to be ones that are going to try to change it. We, we hope in the future that it's changed. But now, 
Tebow's selling out that stadium. Can yeah. he block? We will find out. <laughs> um, Julio Jones allegedly on the trade block. Robert Mathis. I don't know if you have done this, mm. but I have. I have texted Chris Ballard directly and told him, what the fuck are we doing? We got we got the cap space. Uh, T.Y. Could you imagine T.Y. with Julio on the other side? Oh. Carson Wentz looks unbelievable, by the way. They got footage of him from OTAs. They were back in the building. He looks happy. He looks pumped. Him and T.Y. have thrown together a couple mm. times, numerous times now. They like each other. They love each other. T.Y. is excited about it it feels like if we were to get a now Paris Campbell's back rocking the one he looks good out there uh Michael Pittman's back rocking two ones he comes back off a 19 yard uh rookie season with one touchdown he's a guy who if he gets going could be good but Julio's available your thoughts Robert and if you were a team would you go try to get him absolutely uh if you go back a year we we, we drafted up a guy in the first round from the San Francisco 40, 49ers? Oh, DeForest Buckner. Yeah. He was yeah, good. Yeah. He played out. He panned out. I think Julio's worth a first-round pick. Me too. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm hey, just going to throw that out there. Yeah, man. but think about this. <laughs> it's going to it's gonna come back. They're going to trade him, and it's going to be like a, a third and a fourth or something. Yeah. And every I'm fan okay. base in the NFL. I'm okay with that. Every fan base in the NFL will be. But that's what's going to happen for some reason. And I guess it's the contract. And post-June 1, I think, is when the action will potentially happen. I think uh, the Atlanta Falcons saved like $15 million if they trade them post-June 1. Just like, by the way, I'm not saying it. Especially because John Elway and Aaron were not golfing Don't together. Don't say says, No, they weren't. But post-June 1, Aaron Rodgers' contract gets very different as well. Uh-oh. So who know about that? But Julio's a guy. You get him on a t- – like, you get him on your t- – and that's how I feel. I'm not GM, but you. I'm happy to hear you agree with me there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that John Elway, Aaron Rodgers – in a golf course kind of sounds like John Elway, Peyton Manning in the bowling alley or something right? They win the Super Bowl. Like, hey, we got to we got to even the playing field a little bit. And I think and I think Julio is that guy. You think they should go? You yeah. think uh, they should get on a golf course together, maybe in a bowling alley? Yeah, just uh Go eat some chicken wings or something. You know? <laughs> hey, Atlanta. Atlanta's got a great spread of places where you can watch, you oh, know, yeah. professionals do uh, yeah. incredible things on a stage. And then they have great chicken wings. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. The lemon peppers, man. Oh! Lou Wells. <laughs> yeah, who was it? In? Lou, Lou Wells lemon pepper. Yeah, uh, Lou Wells lemon pepper got old buddy down in the NBA bubble in some trouble. And they, I, I think the people that were judging him were like, well, you haven't had those lemon pepper wings. <laughs> yeah. you I haven't. say outside El Emporium. Nobody's touching Atlanta when it comes to the wings. Nobody. Ale Emporium, by the way, is here in Indiana, and yeah. it makes no sense how good their fucking wings them are. Damn, them damn Herman Nockies. Herman Nockies. Hey, yes. People are traveling to this place to get yeah. these wings, but yeah, I've had some great... Me and Pac-Man had some... Uh, had some great wings about 2.33 a.m. in Atlanta after the uh, Sugar Bowl my freshman year in Atlanta. Great night. <laughs> Those wings were unbelievable. Where, where'd you get them from? Well, it was his animal place. I don't know. It was pretty cool. Oh, nice. yeah. <laughs> it was his animal place. It was pretty cool. I was the only yeah. Caucasian within a, uh, I think, maybe 10-mile radius. Maybe their coach JB was in there. But, boy, it was awesome. Mm. It, was a, it was a great time down there. Julio, though. AJ. Could you imagine? Now let's just do a couple, couple teams. Let's just do a couple teams. Say, could you imagine Julio? Could you imagine Julio and the Green Bay fucking Packers? No. I'm just saying. Could you imagine? No. Why? There's only one other team. Yeah. Colts. Colts. Yeah. No, but AJ, yeah. I'll ask AJ then. AJ, not you. No, don't ask him. What are you asking him for? <laughs> Hey AJ right now is right here to me. But AJ, could you imagine him with Aaron? Could you imagine him in like ten if you go to ten different places, it's like 
Julio's on the squad. They're better now in it because anywhere, anywhere, anywhere you go, you can put him on any team in the league right now and, and say that same thing for Julio. Like that's, I think the dude is special, yeah. absolutely. And I feel like wide receivers and DBs, when they're asked to talk about uh, like wideouts, they always go aside from Julio. I, I feel like that is always like uh, just like you did with the quarterback. Like most important positions to a team, you're like aside from the quarterback. Like this is how it goes. Absolutely. With wide receivers, are always like aside from the fucking guy who is <laughs> a D end who yeah. runs faster yeah. than everybody. Every, this is kind of how it goes. I just feel like that's a move you got to make. Hey, so sorry to interrupt this conversation. That's cooking right now. Yes, it is cooking. Uh, everyone always talks about how important it is to get a good night's rest, don't they? Mm-hmm. Hey, you need a good, good night's sleep. I didn't get a great night's sleep last night. And it, by the way, this morning we could tell, but then the energy of the day kind of mm-hmm. got after it. But people for your entire life have been saying, hey, make sure you sleep well tonight. Hey, get a good night's sleep. Need to get a good night's sleep. Make sure you get a good night's sleep tonight. But it's not always as easy as people just saying, get a good night's sleep, especially if you're like me, where your mind is always thinking, mind is always going. Maybe you're thinking about tomorrow. Maybe for whatever reason, you just can't fall asleep. That happens to a lot of us. And CBDMD has come through with something called CBDPM that puts you out like a light. Like a light. Slip through the flight. That's why the folks at CBDPM created CBD. Our CBDMD created CBDPM to help you get the rest you deserve and feel your best every morning. CBDPM blends 500 milligrams of superior CBD with sleep-promoting ingredients like melatonin, what? valerian root, what? and chamomile to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. So whether you're up late with the kids, pets, or existential dread, you can turn to CBDPM and get the rest you need to handle anything that comes your way. I use it. Nick is a big-time proponent of it. Uh, I believe there's a couple others in the office that use it on a nightly basis. Some guys get into it whenever they need to reset their sleep cycle. But I've been very thankful for CBDMD, CBDPM. Uh, It's something I I legitimately use. I think you will enjoy it as well if you're not a great sleeper. But also CBDMD has a bunch of other products, whether it's uh, for soreness, Mm -hmm. uh, for anything else. I mean, they legitimately got a bunch of CBD, superior CBD products. And right now you can get 25% off your next order. It's almost a, a quarter there, dude. Damn near. When you go to CBDMD.com, CBDMD.com, and use promo code McAfee, M-C-A-F-E-E, you'll get 25% off your purchase of high-quality CBD oil products from CBDMD. Big thanks to CBDMD for being a hell of a partner with this show and also for creating products that directly affect my life, like the sleep one, because if not, I'm up all goddamn night. Back to the show. <laughs> Um, we have a guest joining us right now who's supposed to be on 13 minutes ago. That's 100% my fault. Alongside AJ Hawk, the boys and I will be, ladies and gentlemen, insider from the NFL Network and NFL.com, Ian, and host of the best show that is currently sitting in hiatus, oh. Rap Sheet and Friends. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Hey. What's going on, dude? You look cool. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask. I was going to ask beforehand, but I figured I might as well ask on there. Is it okay that, especially in the summer when I may or may not have played golf this morning, that I dress down and wear a hat? Is that okay? Hey, were you on that golf course with John Elway and Aaron Rodgers? Or where uh, where were you golfing at, Ian? You look good, dude. You can come on in a polo whenever you want, pal. You're good with us. I I loved that story. Um, it's one of my... It's not my favorite offseason rumor. Obviously, the obviously the Stafford McVay Cabo rumor would would be, of course, number one. But this is, I think, number two for me. Well, I sort. I don't know if you heard me say this earlier, and I assume you did, and you probably have a similar source in this situation that reached out to you. I was told from somebody that would know. Okay, uh, this is not 
Aaron or Elway, by the no, way. No. Somebody from potentially from the course was like, hey, same course, different groups, though. That's basically what I was told. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I would say my source would confirm your source. Uh, not that I would need to confirm you. I think everyone knew that you were on it. Um, I was told they uh, both played golf that day but did not play together. Um, so, you know, I guess crisis averted. But, you know, the the tampering rules are kind of not weird, but I would say even if they had played golf, you know, there's possibility that they sort of know each other Friends. Uh, anyway, so like, let's say they run into each other and at some point have like a some sort of coffee or soda. Is that tampering? I mean, Packers aren't going to trade him anyway. I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, okay. much to do about not a lot, but still a fun story. Okay, AJ has a question for you, but let's get right to it right now. The okay. um, the Aaron Rodgers thing this morning, Falcoholic, I believe, mm -hmm. yep. reported about Julio Jones saying there's potentially a trade. And then uh, somebody's reporting and Albert Breer, I think, was saying, well, there's been no movement right now. So we'll get to that. But the Aaron Rodgers thing, I think uh, Maziano on ESPN this morning said they are in conversations for a, a long term contract. The last time you were on, you confirmed that there was potentially some contract conversations that had happened. Yeah. Have you heard any updates on this? It's been eerily quiet from the Aaron Rodgers Packers situation since the accumulation drop that came out of nowhere, I think, for right. all parties. Yeah, I mean, I think the point has been made. You know, he's he's obviously unhappy, wants a new contract, wants commitment, wants security, wants contractually based on guaranteed money to be the unquestioned starting quarterback of the Packers as he has earned the right to be. He is a quite a good quarterback. Um, and so some might say one of the best in the game. Uh, so I think there's, you know, no question he's earned it. That's what he wants. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that he needs to say anything right now. I think all of that has been said. And I think the Packers have said it too. Like even in Matt LaFleur's last press conference, he was kind of like, we, we said what we said and we still mean it. And it's really now like, what happens next? Do they end up getting a deal? And my kind of weird thing about this is like, I don't know when the deadline is. Like these deals happen when they have to happen. That's the only time anyone bends basically in life. So like is the start of OTAs, which he's not going to go to, the thing that makes the deal come together? Like I'm not really sure. So to me, maybe before mini camp, we would see if something happens or even before training camp. Like I don't, I don't get the sense that anything is coming to a head anytime soon. You said you don't think that they will trade him. Is that just from hearing like Lafleur? Are you hearing anything from from back channels like that? Hey, they're they have, they're putting their foot down. Like, no, you're playing for us or nobody. I I just from what I understand, they haven't answered anything. They haven't engaged. They haven't answered. They haven't. You know, there. I know there's been trade calls, but I don't believe there's been any trade talk. Oh. And I think AJ, the problem is so like let's. This is not the case, but let's say the Packers were into trading Aaron Rodgers. Let's say they wanted to get a fair deal. How in the world do you even get a fair deal without knowing that you're going to have someone as good as Aaron Rodgers to replace him? Like how many draft picks are you insure? Do you know that you're getting Aaron Rodgers? Like that's why to me, so few of these deals actually happen because the team giving up the franchise quarterback can never say, you know, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm all right doing this because I'm definitely getting this guy back. I mean, that's, 
that's the problem, and that's why for the Packers, I just don't know that it makes sense unless they literally have to. Yeah, there, there's you're not just going to – the grass is going to be probably dead on the other side of it for at least a while. Now, granted, there's been the Brett to Aaron and Peyton to Andrew. There's been those moves that have happened in the past, but finding a, good, finding a guy – is not I mean it's tough to do it's uh, you yep. never want to get rid of it now in, in the same vein of that whole thing Atlanta with Julio right everybody's is everybody assuming that he's going to be traded because the the contract says he should be traded or is the Atlanta Falcons want to move on because I want Julio as an Indianapolis Colt I've actually texted Chris Ballard directly and told him what are we even doing here like let's let's <laughs> make this happen he by the way he gave me no answer he I think he I think he did like a laugh reaction thing on it didn't even send words afterwards right like there wasn't even uh, uh-huh. it, it, by the way if I get anything I'll send it to you though I will let you know yeah, but appreciate but is that more of like fairy tale and he wasn't on the schedule and a schedule mm-hmm. release thing they didn't have him on the graphic he was in the uh, 3d thing but the animation takes months to make probably so I assume they had him in there is is there a chance Julio moves and if Julio moves and he gets traded for a third and a fourth rounder there's going to be 31 teams fan bases that are like why did we not get Julio there how is this whole thing play out yeah. and why is it the way it is I don't think he goes for a third and fourth rounder I mean I think Me if it's that and also like if you're you know if you're the Falcons why would you right like if you're going to trade him you're going to get something legit I mean, think about it. If you're Terry Fontenot, the new GM of the Falcons, you are. if you are going to trade Julio, you're going to do it for something where you say, look, people, like, I had to do this because they offered me a first-round pick or, or, you know, whatever it is. Um, the contract is a lot. He is obviously a great receiver who did not, you know, when he plays, he's incredible, but did not play all 16 games last year. He's older. He's got an incredibly awful contract. Um, and I think it's a team that, you know, they don't need to rebuild to want to say it's not a bad idea if we get out from under this, like, brutal contract for a 30-something receiver who wasn't on the field all the time last year. So I would say he, my understanding of this is they are open to it. Uh, it would have to be a lot. Um, and I, I would say if he was going to be traded before the draft made sense, the fact that he wasn't traded before the draft makes me think it it would take an injury, like some receiver for some really, really good team goes down and they say, this is our window. We're going to give up a little more for Julio than we originally thought because we just we want to win and he's the missing piece. That's the way I think he gets traded. If I was a GM, I'm giving up. Uh, if I'm a team that's just right there, like I can go, and this is the difference between me and GMs. I'm playing checkers. I've said it, not chess. I'm trying to win right now. Give me that guy. He gets on the team. We're immediately better. There's like 10 teams we listed yeah. off earlier uh-huh. that if he was to go to that team, it'd be like, all right, they immediately potentially get going there. Connor, go ahead. Yeah, Rap Sheet, uh, now that the Texans have like 15 different quarterbacks on their roster, is it safe to say that there's probably no chance uh, we see Deshaun Watson with them or with any other team in the NFL this season? No, I, I would not say that. Um, and by the way, I, there's been no just like Rogers. There's been no movement with Deshaun either. I mean, I know there was some hubbub about a potential settlement. A couple, yeah. Hey, know, hey, that was. Who did, are you the one that told Rich Eisen that? Because Rich Eisen said, and I just assumed it was somebody who was an insider for NFL Network. He said on the show that during the draft, he had heard the reason why I was quiet is because there's a potential settlement coming or something happening. Are you the one that just goes up to Rich and says, "Hey"? This is why, this is this. Is that that or is that somebody else? Or Because I just assumed I mean, you all get that information, right? 
Uh, you know, Rich is, Rich is very well connected, but it, it was Rich interesting that the player. he is. Yeah. Uh, he's on multi multiple platforms. He's big deal. Um, he's big deal. Yeah. So are you, uh, by the way? Congrats, you're on YouTube uh, right now. And serious. Wow. And wow. NFL Network. Wow. 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 You guys, wow. just me, or you guys also? We're not on NFL Network. I used to be on there. I was on a show that aired from uh, 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. local time over there for uh, Good Morning Football or NFL AM or whatever. It got canceled. Pretty it awesome. got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the it was interesting that both the lawyers came out and essentially said that there have been settlement talks. Um, oh. And one lawyer said the settlement's never going to happen. And then Rusty Harden came out and was like, this guy's been calling me all the time to try to settle, uh, which is true. And... You know, it's really a question of how much is going to be made. And this is what the lawyer said. How much is going to be made public? Um, and are we going to find out the amount? Are the um, alleged victims going to be allowed to speak? I mean, there's a lot of things that need to be settled before it actually gets settled. But as far as the, you know, as far as their quarterbacks, I don't get the sense it has anything to do with Watson. Just like Blake Bortles didn't have anything to do with Aaron Rodgers. It's really just I need someone to go out and practice. Um you know, maybe maybe they have a quarterback competition between Ryan Finley and Jeff Driscoll. I mean, Driscoll got money, $250,000, but, like, that's not McAfee money. Oh, you know? no. hey, 10-4, so, It's not. It's, it's, you know, this is chump change in the quarterback world. Hey, we were both uh, third-string, fourth-string quarterbacks, too, mm-hmm. in True. the NFL. I don't know if you know that, Ian. Um, uh, oh, I knew that. Thank you. Believe me. Yeah, insider. I know. And, by the way, I have to tell this story, uh, remind people of this. Ian actually knew of my retirement before everybody else. He was a part of the skit for the retirement. He held on to it. You're a G for that because I assume in your business, you either didn't think it was going to be news at all or actually respected the game, which I appreciate. No, I was horribly nervous that it was going to get out and I would lose the scoop. I swear to God. I was like, you know, I've held plenty of things for the right time so a trade can get done, so a contract can get done. But this was a fun one, and I was – I was at, I think it was Super Bowl week, right? I was at a Super Bowl party Houston, yeah. just holding my phone so I would get the text to fire. And then I, I then I, I got to put it out there and then I would just watch the retweets come in, man. By Great. the way, I thought everybody uh, would think it was bullshit because it was on Comedy Central. It, that that particular <laughs> Super Bowl week, uh, when I say, you know, I'm joining Barstow or whatever, I'm retiring, I'm going to have a good time. Ian's a part of the announcement, right? Greg Olson, who is now the leader of Tight End University and going to be on Fox, I think he was a part of it. There was, what, 50 people from Barstow in there. We walked through, like, maybe an NFL hotel, this whole thing. Nobody had a clue. It came out of nowhere. And the, the fact that, you know, nobody leaked it, I thought to myself, like, awesome, but also... Nobody thought this was going to be news. Anybody cares? These kinds of things seriously like drive me crazy. Like, let's say I, a team announces something that I wanted to break, or someone else breaks something, and then I find out later how many people knew. Like, all these people knew, and no one told me. That's always like. Thankfully, I happen to be on the inside of the the McAfee retirement, but on some of the others, it just drives me crazy. Like, no one could just, you know. Whisper something to me on the side? Come on. Yeah, it has to make you question some of your relationships for sure. Ty, what do you have? Ian, have you heard any buzz from Jacksonville about how uh, Tim Tebow has performed thus far today? Um, looked good. Yeah, he looked very good early. Mm-hmm. I thought, I will say this. Like, I caught the picture online of him walking in his jersey. Looks great. Does. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, we can all agree on that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. looks good, yeah. yeah looks uh, good. And I would say, you know, having the scoop earlier today that he was going to be wearing number 85 – 
Um, oh, that was your was break? A, that was your was break? A pretty good one. Yeah. Boy, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. Because we all thought 15, you know, maybe five, whatever the case, go old school. But he said, no, when I dreamt of being a tight end, I dreamt of being in the 80s. I'm going yeah. 85. Uh, I got a question for you. Yeah, and I'm supposed to be answering the questions. The McAfee Show stance. What is the official Tebow stance? Are we, we, we love for? Him. Are we against? We love are we here for the popcorn? What is it? We love him. Come love on, Tebow. Him. He's Tim yeah. Tebow. We, we understand the people that are saying he's taking somebody's spot in potential opportunity. We understand that. Uh, but we also know that, you know, Tim Tebow's a Jacksonville legend, okay? Mm -hmm. he, he went to high school there. He's going to sell out that place. Him and Urban Meyer, he made Urban Meyer probably $100 million. <laughs> you know, so it's like a relationship business. We all kind of have the reality of this thing while also optimistically hoping that Tim Tebow's getting into the end zone oh. down there in front of those pools. We don't know if it's going to happen, but that's our stance on it, Ian. What, have you heard anybody that hates this decision in the NFL or understands the business as opposed to everybody else that does hate this from outside that just don't understand like this is one of the most inevitable things that I've ever seen. If Tebow wants to yeah. play tight end in the NFL, Urban Meyer just got a job in the NFL. He's from Jacksonville. It's in Jacksonville. This is just going to be something that's going to happen. That's just, we don't like it, but that's just going to be how it is, you know? I'm, I'm with you. And when I found out during draft week that he had worked out I was actually kicking myself because I'm like, how did I not even think to ask about this earlier? Because, duh, like, obviously he's going to join the Jaguars. Um, i tell you this, like, there, obviously there's been fans who've been not thrilled about this, frustrated, whatever. From the NFL side, I don't think I've heard anybody complain because it's sort of like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's yeah. a training camp spot. It's a 90th spot. Like, okay, you know, like, whatever. If he, if he wastes everyone's time, it'll be kind of fun. And God, what if he makes the team? Yes. Like he if, he, if he makes the team, it will be worth it. He will have earned it, oh, and then yeah. maybe he'll score a touchdown, and that would be score. amazing. Oh, uh -huh. the NFT. Oh, oh, my God. oh my and with a pool God. party in the yeah. back, maybe Shaw's mustache is sitting in a stand somehow like Ooh. this. You know, maybe God. Urban Meyer's got the whistle mm -hmm. down in the corner, and Tabot just goes up. High point. Oh, hundred million. I want, to, I want to invest in that right now. Can yeah, I do that already. Ball. For, I, I assume Gary V does have that thing locked down, but Trevor Lawrence <laughs> throwing that thing oh. to Tabot in yes. front of Shaw in the pool. Oh, it's a new day in Jacksonville. Congrats, Donner. He could stink but that could happen as well we have no idea that's why it isn't as big of a deal as everybody makes it but let's celebrate the shit out of it ladies and gentlemen yeah. uh the host of a show that is on hiatus uh for a good friend of the show insider i assume probably an average golfer ladies and gentlemen ian Rappaport. Yeah, can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to the show the fact that you allow us to spend time with you every day i am eternally grateful for it ty ty yes ty Pat. Ty. Pat. Hashtag and the pod squad. How's it going? Are we doing stuff still or not? Pretty good. Yes, we still are. Usually I pick those at the end of the week, let everyone kind of get their submissions in. Again, send pictures. You know, you just push the hashtag up it's there. It's hard to it stick out. It, it, gets, it gets lost in the mix. Throw a picture up. Let's see what you're doing. Give away some money. We appreciate you all so, so much for spending time with us. Have an incredible Thursday night. We're back tomorrow with a feel-good Friday from the FanDuel Beach House in Tampa Bay, Florida. Hell yeah. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Thursday night. We'll see you then. Cheers. Cheers.